Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eatly Billy Ripping Podcast, your weekly AW review and breakdown. Introducing first and most electrifying host in all of the show wrestling podcast, Gnarly. Garrett, I. Let's go! Exactly. Oh, and the other half of our host, they do. They call me the Duke. They call me the Digital Phantom. I am the Duke of Derps, also known as Garrett. Yo, 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 yo. Garrett, man, what a week of wrestling we have following up last week. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah, how are you going to follow? Hell? How are you going to follow last week up and just make things sound even more? It's just ridiculous. Like uh, the floodgates have officially been opened and Wheeler Yuta has arrived, Charlie. Our boy. Our boy, One man. of our, I would say, I would say. I think it's safe to say probably the strongest of our four pillars at this point. Um, yeah. And Wheeler Yuta, man, he just, it, it's been a trend and we'll, we'll dive into this fairly continue quickly. My metaphor further, I would say he definitely reinforced his status as the strongest pillar this week too, that we've uh, established. Um, just, just to, to stroke my own ego there with that metaphor. But anyway, um, <laughs> I fucking, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, no, there was uh, so much good stuff. Uh, we're going to kind of run through Dark relatively quickly. We're not going to do it right now. We actually didn't even discuss when, but I guess we'll just do things in the normal order that we would. Before we get into that, though, and before we get into favorites, there's a few orders of business that I want to take care of off the top of this show, the first of which being whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on today, make sure you follow and or subscribe to make sure you keep up with all of the latest information from the show, as well as make sure you get the show in your feet every week so you don't have to go looking for it. As well, yeah, we as appreciate those five our, stars. Exactly. Five star frog splash review. And you know, if you have any questions in there, we'll be scanning those to see if you guys have anything you want to ask on the show or anything like that. As well as make sure you follow us on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Bane Duke. That's B A N E D U K E. You can also find Charlie on Twitter with it. At O Charlie with an X instead of an A. I almost got through all of that without stumbling. God damn it. Anyway, hey, um, hey, it's all there, brother. And now I believe with all that out of the way, it is time to hit our favorites, which I believe you are going to grace us with yours. And as we were just speaking about our beautiful boy, Wheeler Yuda, that is just fitting. Absolutely, man. And whether it's the match, whether it's the buildup, the story after, I, 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 there's so much to talk about. And the match, of course, is the main event of Rampage where John Moxley defeated Wheeler Yuta, but it's much more than that. Garrett, the match itself was just unbelievable. We were kind of hearing some wind since Rampage was taped. Like, hey, guys, I know that that tag match was great, but it wasn't even the best match of the night. And I remember thinking, like, there's no fucking way. I mean, there's, you know, there's no. I saw, I saw the same headline that you're talking it's about like, dude, right now, no and I was way. like, "There's no." I mean, I love Wheeler. There's absolutely. I mean, I remember seeing the headline, "A Star Was Born," and I was and, like, "And no fucking way." There's actually a better match on this. On and this that headline night of came from Mr. Tony Khan himself, who, after the match, he, as he does closing every show, it's off TV. But he, co- he goes out there to the crowd. Mm-hmm. He grabbed Wheeler Yuta's hand, lifted in the air. You footage of that, by the way, sometimes. And a star is born. And yeah, he uh, I love Tony Khan, man. He he was so excited about it. And first, let's talk about the match. Of course. This, this was fucking brutal, dude. This was a 
This was a bloody I mean, let's ass do, match. Let's, let's do what the match did. Let's start where it started. He jumped Mox immediately through the yeah. ropes, which was an incredible spot because it's out of nowhere. And, you know, I was like, bro, someone's got to do something with this. Mox has this weird entrance. And someone finally did. There we go. Yeah. So he comes in a weird way. Well, I'm going to take advantage of that because this guy's not going to be expecting it. I don't even know if that was planned. I'm sure it was, obviously. But, you know, like, yep. uh, like and it's just he, he got himself got himself the advantage early, which this is this is kind of all coming from the revenge in a way. I, I, they really haven't touched it, maybe because they don't want to yet, because I don't know, maybe because they, they went a completely different direction with Moxley's character. But Moxley beat Yuta in about 90 seconds in uh, qualifying to face, uh, I believe it was either Kenny or Hangman. And well, actually, so Mox beat him just, in literally like 90 seconds. Let's just include, normally we wouldn't do this, guys. We would consider them two separate segments. But let's go ahead and include the pre-match promo from Rampage in this because they did actually mention it in that. And I actually, I really, really enjoyed what promo, or sorry, what promo, what we got from Yuta promo-wise in that little segment. He sounded so really convincing. And then Moxley just sounded like a killer on the other end. Like, he just didn't even care. He was like, it's not my responsibility to respect you. And I was just like, no way. That's the story we're going with here. Yuta is sporting the crimson mask early. I mean, (laughs) it was pretty much the entire entire fight, right? He, He was all bloody. And Garrett, I... The paradigm shift doesn't get kicked out of. It literally doesn't. It's one of the most protected moves in AEW. Wheeler the only Yuta. more protected move might be the one-winged angel. Like, Yeah, and Wheeler Yuta fucking kicked out of it twice. And I think that is the perfect story to tell that they've been going for. He wants to earn these guys' fucking respect, his blood, all of it, man. And this was just so special, dude. And the crowd was so into it. We, if this is the third week in a row, I feel like I've been saying the Wheeler Yuta stock is going up, but Garrett, the Wheeler Yuta stock is fucking, it's, it's, it's through the roof. It's through the roof. Perfect term. And he As officially, Cameron Grimes would put it, it's to the moon. He has joined the Blackpool Combat Club. He wrote BCC on his chest. He got the handshake from Regal on, with blood. Yes. <laughs> That's fucking good, dude. Oh man. Moxley locked in the bulldog choke for the win, which is the proper move there after. I mean, the guy's pretty much dead, so. Uh, oh, my God. The paradigm, the death ride of the bull angle choke, the bulldog choke, just so good. And we have our newest member of the Blackpool Combat Club. And when we talk about homegrown talent, Wheeler Yuta is 100% seen as an AEW guy. He's been wrestling elsewhere oh, yeah. for a little bit, but he is now going to see his career take new heights. Garrett. What else do you got from this? I mean, this is just, I, I feel like we can't put this over enough, right? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, just like you nailed the things. Like you said a lot of the things that I wrote in my notes. Like the, one of the things I wrote in my notes was Udo, Udo was just incredible in this match. He had like this chemistry with Mox. He, I don't yes. think anybody recognized that he was going to have, it, It's even after their second match, because it felt more like, like a New Japan match where like you just put two guys against each other and it doesn't really matter if their styles match up, they're just gonna put on a good match because that's what people wanna see. Um but like this was just no, actually their styles did actually come together in a way that was interesting. And I gotta be honest with you, I think this meant more because when Yuta bled, we hadn't seen blood. I don't believe a profuse amount of blood since Baker versus Rosa. And that felt, yeah. I felt that here, you know, I, like. I did too. 
And and you know what? I think that Tony Khan finally learned that lesson, and, and, I, and it's. I really hope so, anyway, because even though we're going to talk about the blood and guts announcement, I hope that this is not just like a sign of that to come, and that we're actually starting to take it a little more seriously, so that an event like that can feel like a lot more brutal and you know potentially dangerous. And that being said, I got to give you credit for something you pointed out last week. Which was we had not seen Wheeler Yuta's entrance on AEW. We it was not. always the best friend's entrance if he ever got one. And Garrett, he got his fucking entrance this week. And you know what? It it worked so well for him. The crowd was into it. I mean, they were they, as soon as they heard the they song, were they were so like, oh. behind him. Yo, shout out the Boston crowd, man. From the first match of the night, Adam Cole versus Christian, to the last match of the night, Wheeler Yuta versus John Moxley. Fucking incredible. Incredible job. Boston wrestling fans, by the way, not traditionally easy to please. Like, you can look at the history of WWE shows that went wrong there. It's yeah. not an easy wrestling crowd to please all the time. So, Garrett, what was your favorite of this week? <laughs> all right, you guys know there is one tag team on AEW's roster that I always talk about as being the best tag team in the world. It's not even a question. You know, they've been with the company since basically the beginning. And ever since then, they've, I think, been fighting to get people to understand that they are actually the best tag team in the world. FTR took on the Young Bucks for the second time on Dynamite this week. And anyone that thought this wasn't going to main event a, a show, even if there was like a title defended on this show, I think this, I mean, obviously this was a title match, but I think non-title, even with a title match on the show, this still goes over that match um, on the card. <clears throat> Just in my opinion, because it's that big of a match. Um, so, first of all, this match, oh wait, we should say, was for both the Ring of Honor and the AAA Tag Team Championships. Um, which gold on is the line, unprecedented, baby. by the way. We've never seen two tag team titles defended like this. Like, I don't think, unless you consider the AAA and AEW, but, I mean, that was kind of just, like, it was kind of a baked-in there defending both kind of thing with the Lucha Bros, you know? Like, this felt different to me because they were two... It was weird. We had... The main event of Dynamite was... Well, it's kind of weird that was the main event of Dynamite was two other tag team championships from two other companies being defended, but whatever it's, it's 2022. Who cares? It's, um, and it's the current state of AEW, man. Exactly. Um, but also, uh, it also makes sense that the young bucks will want to try and steal everything away. So in storyline, it makes sense. It's just kind of, it does sound kind of silly when you say it like that. Um, but at the same time, they literally are the two best tag teams in the world. I think that's not even really in question for a lot of people. To this, this day, never seen the young bucks have a bad match. Um, it's my favorite I thing to say. I would have to go back through some of those some of those matches they had at the Indies, but anyway, um, to, to find one. But anyway, uh, this was super hard hitting. Um, I I actually thought that this match, even though they didn't do as much like insane stuff, right? I thought this match was somehow crazier than the match that they had with the Briscoes like a few days prior. And when you find out that Dax is actually injured during this match, it's even more crazy, you know, like, um, not during the match, but like, he's not a hundred percent when this match starts, like, um, and so you just like the hot tag in this match, I think is the hottest tag they've ever had on AEW. Oh my God, dude. It was so good. Like FTR 
are baby faces right now, whether yes. people want them to be or not. Like they, they could go out there and they could literally set the ring on fire and people would cheer for the ring to be That's burned. That's why I'm not like, mad they're kind of fast tracking them leaving the pinnacle. It needs to happen. Absolutely. Is because they're they're in such a beautiful spot right now. And man, I part of me knows that this is probably not the way that it's gonna go, but I saw something on social media that made me really, really interesting. Oh, before I get to that though, I want to say there was an, a really incredible moment when I thought the match was over and then somebody put their foot on the rope. Oh and I was like, I know cash. you yep. for that. When cash I know that got on the rope after the BTE trigger. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this match is literally never going to end. I thought they were literally just going to go for like the next hour. They were just going to eat the next show and say, you know what? F- Tony will pay the fine, you know, like Tony will pay the fine. And so, but what I was getting at, um, I, I, what actually I kind of lost my train of thought. Do you know where I was going before? <laughs> uh, you brought up social media. I was unfamiliar where you were oh, going. Oh, the now. social media. Sorry. So, so someone pointed out that what they want the men's Owen tournament to end on is Dax versus Cash. And the winner is the <sighs> one that ends up being picked by Brett. <sighs> and I thought to myself, yeah. if they booked them as champions, as baby faces right before that, and they go into that tournament having qualified separately. And then they slowly start to break them apart. I think that could be one of the most heartbreaking storylines in the history of wrestling. Yeah, I. Uh, in a year from now, maybe I, I would like that. But they're, I love, I love what they're doing right now, and I can't wait to see the story progress. But I, I, you know, I think they're going to use that tournament as just a, a spotlight for so many of these other guys too. Which we'll get into that tournament a little bit. I'm actually excited about that, but. I'm with you, man. Uh, what if one of them just like didn't qualify, and that started to break, like plant the seeds of them breaking up potentially? Ooh, yeah. I mean, especially after that Dax match with Punk, dude, he was so good. And uh, I mean, either one of them could go on a run in the Owen and still like, and then lose in the finals. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see why that couldn't happen. Yeah. Um, but I gotta say, this match, man, the storytelling of it was incredible. These were just such smart tag teams. And everything they did in the ring, they none of them went out of the way to look dumb. Whether it's the ref distraction, how perfectly they executed it, the like you said, the hot tag to Dax. I thought Dax when he got those hot tags, man. Oh my god, the big rigs, the opposites of the BTE triggers. I mean, it was just so good. And the way it finally ends is the young bucks get hit with the BTE trigger. They get the kisses. And then Cash covers Matt for the one, two, three, and just so fucking good. And I, I well deserved of a favorite this week. I think we had two matches that when when it's all said and done for uh, Dynamite and Rampage this year, at the end of the year when they do their best TV matches of the week, I think for sure these are going to be in that conversations of the top tens and whatnot. They're going to be up there. Just like I think to this day, the Hangman and, uh, Lance Archer match. I, I think that match was really solid for a tell, especially for a TV match. So good. And these, I think no, we're going to still go back to that match was the perfect length. It, it used was the perfect amount of weapons and it ended in a way that nobody was expecting with the flip bonk, flip, flip off the ref. I think then... potentially if we don't have two of the top 10, I guarantee you we have two of the top 10 here. We might have two of the top five in the same night. So just incredible wrestling. It's just it's crazy what they're able to. It's crazy that the it's crazy that they were able to put on the fucking absolutely insane main event that they were able to put on for Dynamite 
And then they were able to follow that up with, with literally, I mean, immediately that match ended and then Trent versus Danielson started. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. What a show to be at. So yeah, being uh, at this taping. that's our favorites of the week. So real quick, we're going to hit some news as we like to do. Then we'll get you the results from each show and we'll preview a little bit of next week. So real quick, the news, I'll take us through that. Uh, Layla Hirsch, um, she wrestled before this week's Dynamite and she appeared to get injured. So we don't know the severity of the injury yet, but we do know the match was kind of canned. So I'm very curious if they're going to play that up on Elevation uh, this next week. I, I yeah, wonder- like if they if they take like a cut of it and like show that she got hurt, but like not show her getting hurt. Like, because remember yeah. when they did that before, and then they showed the person getting hurt. It was a little, it was a little tough because that person kind of got buried or, out or, of it a little bit. You know bit. how they show Big E getting hurt in uh, WWE? Fifteen. Yeah, no, absolutely. Times. They'll show that was such a brutal injury, man. Yeah, I can't God. believe that. I, yeah, shout out Big E. That man, that man is lucky to be alive. Like, <laughs> so um, Blood and Guts, which is AEW's version of the War Games match. Uh, it appears to be returning in just a few months. Um, AEW owner Tony Khan revealed the news in an interview with ESPN Friday, saying expected to return this summer. And Garrett, Tony I don't who? Think... Oh shit, ah, Tony! Ah! <laughs> and I don't think we're uh, fools to say. I think this is a little obvious what this match is going to be, and it's going to time out perfectly. And that's going to be the Jericho Appreciation Society five versus the five we have in the Blackpool Combat Club. It's got to be right. And I fully expect this to be the match we're all looking forward to this summer. I think this is going to be the summer feud, like non-title, and I think it's going to be the most fun. That being said, uh, that leaves the door open for FTR to go win the actual AEW tag team titles too. So beautiful. beautiful want to keep an beautiful. eye on that. Tri- triple champions? Triple champions? Triple champions. Hey. They got to get those. Those triple A belts are fucking hideous. I, I, I respect to the company, but my God. Anyways. Yeah, they, they did some new championships. <laughs> the relationship between AEW and New Japan has taken another step forward. It was announced on Friday that the weekly episodes of AEW Dynamite and Rampage will be coming to New Japan World in Japan soon. This announcement indicated a Japanese live version of the AEW programming is also being planned. Hmm. The AEW content is being added at no additional cost to New Japan World subscribers. Garrett, this, this is more proof. This relationship. Start watching the Japanese feed of Dynamite. <laughs> this relationship is only getting stronger. And we're seeing it more and more. We saw Kenta last year. We saw the uh, United States Championship wrestled on this show. And Garrett, I got to say, because I don't even know if you've seen this yet. In A current member of the New Japan roster commented on this. And that man was Hiroshi Tanahashi. And he said he wants to wrestle CM Punk because he knows that that would make waves across the entire world. And oh my God, give me Hiroshi Tanahashi versus CM Punk. I remember us like when you when we, we would talk about like dream matches like if we could book anybody like from any era when CM Punk wasn't a wrestler that you could book in matches for dream matches anymore for a while yeah. you know and I remember that being one of the ones that I had in my head because I for what match did we watch that had Tanahashi in it I can't even remember but maybe Okada um, maybe possibly Ichi? I mean yeah Omega either or I mean, we might have watched both honestly we were watching New Japan everything for for a good while there but I mean like. Um, that was our only alternative. That was like great. Felt like literally no. Like this is this is like pre Jericho going to New Japan era. I think so. Like um, or at least pre them all being aligned as company wise. But anyway, like I mean, like it's crazy to think that like when 
AEW launched, like New Japan was kind of pissed because they robbed a lot of their talent of them, you know, um, and also tried to establish this sort of Ring of Honor Japan. deal, which felt like really weird to you know New Japan because they just done a deal with Ring of Honor, you know, um, and you know it's it's just good to see that they've smoothed things over at this exactly. point. Exactly, this is because this is best for business. <laughs> absolutely, fucking <laughs> love it. Ugh. Oh man! Authority. So Garrett, if you want to take us through Dark Elevation this week, yeah, somehow Dark Elevation and explain this one to me, Charlie was longer than Dark this week. Yeah, at least Dark Elevation it it's got a different vibe since it's in front of that crowd, right? But I don't know, man. Maybe maybe they went a little longer. Maybe they shot some more. <clears throat> South Carolina. I actually like how Elevation ended. Well, South Kaki Lacky. Anyway, um. As uh, Paul White likes to say, he's probably going to bury me for saying it like that. All right. Anyway, um, uh, he's not going to mention me. All right. Anyway, um, so Dark Elevation, episode 57, opening up with shout outs again to Layla Hirsch. Get better soon. Uh, getting a squash with the running knee. That's probably the like the last. I would assume we're going to see of her for a little while on Dark. Um, yeah. Probably, unfortunately. Damn, man. Um, yeah, it just sucks, you know, because she was on a really, really hot run. And, Had a fucking you know, pay-per-view win. Literally. You know, won her feud that no one thought she was going to win. Like, you know, yeah, definitely, I, mean, I didn't think so. I mean, it didn't seem like they were booking her in a way that she was going to, and you know, that's probably why we haven't seen Chris Statlander since. But well, we have, but haven't really. All right, anyway, uh, match number two. But yeah, she got that. She picks. I like that she uses that running knee, by the way. Um, Same. And match number two, we had uh, Brockley. That is Brock Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson taking on the factory. Um, was this like the hottest crowd for Dark ever? By the way, like they were like going nuts. Crowd was into match. it, man. South Carolina was popping. I was I was digging it. They were in our country, man. It was crazy. And uh, Brock still hitting a nice spine buster, picks up the win. Um, Deeb continuing to kill jobbers, wins with a serenity lock. Uh, that was match three. Match number four, Frankie Kazarian picking up a squash. Uh, I love Frankie. Wins with the crossface chicken wing. Uh, Red Velvet, uh, heel Red Velvet picks up a win in match number five. Um, <laughs> the dark tapings are starting to lose me, man. I'm sorry. Um, and she gets the squash with the just desserts. Again, I don't know what's happening with the, with the continuity at this point, Charlie. It's completely out the window. Speaking of continuity, Anthony Henry is back. To join with JD Drake and the Workhorsemen. So part of me thinks they actually filmed all these Workhorsemen matches before JD Drake was actually a part of the <laughs> Wingmen. And that's I, what happened here. And that's why Anthony Henry had never been mentioned before and all of a sudden just showed up one week on Dark, you know, like. Um, and it's but like. whatever. Yeah. Uh, they took on the best friends. Uh, Drake and Henry are like the new, like, uh, they're kind of like the new buried country, right? Like, they're just, they get beaten by everybody. And they can wrestle, so uh, they won't yeah, be strong zero. Yeah, former uh, 205 Live guy, Anthony Henry. Yeah, um, I guess if you're a former 205 Live guy, you can't actually be signed. It's just, you can only, unless you're <laughs> like, unless you're one of the guys that actually made it to TV. Um, Literally, that entire era that just... They fucking ran that brand, and now they all run GCW and shit. Like, good for them. Exactly. Absolutely. And in the main no, – sorry, not the main event. The co-main event of uh, Dark Elevation this week, we had Ruby Soho and Anna J. Still the weirdest – I don't know. You know, I'm convinced that they are literally just trying to distance Anna J from Ty Conti at this point. I'm convinced. Like, um, taking on Diamante and Ashley Diamboix, um, who has the weirdest to pronounce name of all time. Um Man, I love watching her wrestle. 
That's all I'll say. <laughs> Ruby hits the destination unknown, which might be the actual worst name for a finisher I've ever heard. Um, to win the match. Destination. Uh, anyway, uh, Remix Jones here. Remix Jones invading our podcast now. All right. Anyway, um, guy must. Uh, does anyone pay that guy anyway? Um, and then Paul White burying young talent in the main event. All right. Oh <laughs> hey, that was that was for fun. Come on. It's Paul White burying the young boys. Anyway, I, um, I kind of liked it, man. But hey, man, you know what? Shout out Paul White. I'm just glad Shout he's not wrestling. Paul White ruining AW Elevation commentary every week. No, I'm God kidding. damn it. <laughs> All right, so let's let's head over to Darky Garrett, where it was taped uh, January 15th. And this is Dark episode... I'm not sure if you have... 137. 137. But yeah, guys, taped uh, January 15th. So just clearly real quick, uh, AW doesn't give a fuck about Dark, so why should we? Moving on. No, just kidding. Um, someone, no, you're, you're right, though. Someone like, else... Why would we care? Yeah, right. Someone else who I love to look at, uh, Ryan Nemeth. He was Absolutely. in there. He got a win over Chandler Hopkins, a Hollywood hunk. You know, since this was taped January 15th, we don't have an idea. But I'd, I'd like to imagine this guy's been getting over a little more with BTE. So I'm curious. Have to think. He's been right? doing that stuff for a while. He does this every now and then where, like, when he's about to get on TV, they'll give him, like, 10 weeks in a row of BTE and segments. I thought BTE then... 300, he was great in it. Like, that was the perfect amount of him that he needed to be. And so, I just love the I love that he has no qualms. No, with what they, they'll tell him like make yourself look like the biggest idiot ever, and he'll be like, "Do I have to?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, like, okay." Like so, we had a couple quick squashes. Uh, Sunny Kiss, who hasn't been on TV in over a year, picks up a squash. Abaddon picks up a well, victory. Wait, but wait, but I don't want to dwell too much. What the fuck was that finish? Uh, an axe kick to the midsection got the three count. I don't know. Does that jobber watch Sunny Kiss matches? Like, is that you think he didn't mean to? <laughs> I, it didn't sound like he meant to on commentary. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Abaddon, hey, I mean Abaddon's Abaddon, right? The Black Dahlia and got the pin. Uh, Tiger Ruas and Cesar Bononi, uh, old tag team in NXT, like early NXT, they picked up a victory. I mean, look. They're looking good. I as actually a would be okay with that tag team if you wanted to. Like, yeah, I'm cool if they want to run with it. And maybe build them up because yeah. they're both. Uh, I want to say Brazilian with... and yeah, no, or South American. He kind of could fit with the wingman. He's not like super pretty, but he doesn't need to be. You know, it should like, can. It's not like JD Drake's like a, a looker. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you and know. So I thought they had a they had a really cool backbreaker running knee combo, and it was pretty sweet. And uh, uh, Bononi giving Ruas another pump handle slam. So yeah, uh, Lance Archer won a match. So, and we also had the Dark Order, which was 5, 10, and negative 1. So, what is that? Does that, does that equate to 14? Yeah, that's what I say. It's uh, 14 it's 15 <laughs> minus 1. That's 15 minus 14. 1. They defeated uh, Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado. Yo, shout out uh, Aaron Solo for getting the uh, a shout out from Cody Rhodes <laughs> on WWE t- uh, program this week. That yeah, was pretty absolutely. random. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, this, this match was... Uh, yeah, so it was, it, was, it was all right. Yeah, what 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 do you got? I'm just gonna read one? verbatim what I put in my notes for this match. Oh god, uh, dark is so boring these days. Like, what the fuck? Addendum to that: negative one is more entertaining than Aaron Solo. Damn, bro. <laughs> Yo, Aaron Solo needs to get the fuck out of this team. Yeah, we've been saying it for a while. I love. I, I like Nick Camarado too. It's not his fault. It's definitely not QT Marshall's fault. He's trying. 
Yeah. Man, that stretch me with you can comment just set him back so far. And honestly, I kind of hope uh, maybe Solo could be the next one for the Combat Club. Maybe they could Ooh. really turn up, turn up his character a lot, you know? It does feel like the the fact we are looking for something right now, so that could be something interesting. Yeah, so... I like that idea. That'll do but it yeah, for... Aaron Solo, man, I'm sorry. I had to do it to you. Had to do it to you, man. Shout out Negative One, though. Absolutely. Negative One's going to be a star one. Day. That kid has charisma. <laughs> he really does, and that's pretty cool. So, let's jump into Dynamite, Garrett. And we started off Dynamite with Adam Cole versus Christian Cage. And we both kind of alluded to it. Oh, my God, this crowd was hot. Yes, so hot. Um, I think because they knew what kind of card they were getting, man. It's like we I knew so. going into this week. We were so excited for this uh, this week of Dynamite because it, and now, and coming out of last week, you know, it wasn't like bad. It just wasn't like spectacular. We'd been coming off a couple of weeks in a row leading up to and post Ring of Honor where we were just like, eh. Where where are we going? You know, like we don't quite yeah. know. You know, he's trying to figure out Ring of Honor first, and I, I don't blame him for that. But it did make AW television feel a little, you know, stale there for a little bit. Um, and that being said, I I I really loved the pace of this match. Yeah, this this took about the first twenty minutes of the show, and they actually shot a commercial break in between here because I think that alluded to our main event. Usually, kind of, mm-hmm. we don't get a commercial break here, but it was goodly timed. Mm-hmm. And the crowd, man, they they made me more into it. I just think Adam Cole and Christian Cage, this is uh, this is something that could be pretty fun. Yeah, in 2022, that match on paper doesn't always you know sound amazing, but they made it work. Oh, one thing I will say, Bryce Rensberg just watched somebody cheat, and it was okay, but whatever. Um, uh, yeah. <sighs> Don't like seeing that. And Adam Cole got the win with the uh, the boom. The one, two, he got the one, two, three. Yeah. And I got to say it, man. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly and Red Dragon made their way out, and for the fourth week in a row, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, how were they seen on TV? Chasing Red Dragon to the ring. Get back here, boys! My God, man, I just think that uh, that kind of ran its course. Um, then following that, uh, we just you know had- else has run its course? Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus's title reign. Yeah, uh, and my mute button worked, and I think. When we're talking about our, where we're previewing next week, I kind of agree with you, buddy. Uh, but that being said, Hangman also followed his way out there after, and I, I actually liked what Hangman did. He walked up and slapped, bitch slapped Adam Cole right in the face, and it worked pretty well setting up their match for next week. So we know every title will be defended next week in AEW. So. Bro, they should sweet. swap the main events of uh, Rampage and Dynamite next week. That way we can get. Uh, we can get Kyle O'Reilly or Bobby Fish saying that they're going to be like a meteor and make Luchasaurus go extinct. God damn it. <laughs> but I'd be happy if they did. <laughs> um, that's going to be fun, by the way, getting uh, Adam Cole and Adam Page in that pre-match promo. That's going to be fun. Yeah, that's going to um, be pretty good. And I just got to say, man, this was uh, this was fun. This is this is a great opener to the show. Absolutely. And then, then they continued to follow it up with an even better segment. Well, not even necessarily even better, but they it continued the pace of and I will say the pace of the show itself felt like it was just nonstop on this episode of Dynamite. Like I and I I love when it feels like that. So yeah, following that, which I, I gotta say, man, Hangman Page just kind of feels on another level right now. So it really does. He is quite literally on a different level. Right? For, for a while, I was questioning it, but like he really is just above everybody else right now. It's kind of crazy. Like, he feels like the world champ in a great way. 
and I love it. And I'm not trying to – and Kenny is phenomenal. And I think maybe at the beginning of his run he felt the same way maybe. But there's just something about I, – I understand what Tony Khan saw. Not that I didn't. I just didn't know like as like, – even everybody else was saying like, I don't know. Is this the guy you want representing your brand? And then there was all the – you know, all the jokes about Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy main eventing a show. You know what I mean? Like, because of yep, the size. That, that lights like, out match. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I mean, I saw the graphics too, guys. I get it. They look small. But, like, you know, it's this is AEW. It's not WWE. You know, like, you're not going to yeah. – it's not the land of the Giants. You know, like and, like – and that brings us into our next match, which we had Samoa yeah. Joe versus Max Caster for the Owen Hart Cup qualifying match, our first of the uh, males. Shoutouts to Max Caster, just giving absolutely no reprieve to anybody. He has holding nothing back. Like this was just another classic intro for him, man. Talking about he was their champ when we beat him in the ratings. Like, oh my god! The one that got me was, I'm sending you home. This, this your, whatever the hell, Joe, you're injury prone. I was like, bro, just fucking lethal. <laughs> we'll get into that and. Jay Lethal this, joins the this was, question mark. Uh, this was another good, good match. This was quicker, and I'm okay that it was quicker. It didn't need to be, you know, a super long match because this was Samoa Joe's debut in AEW. Plus, knowing oh, what we had at the end of the night, we knew it was coming. So, Joe actually ends up winning with the Muscle Buster. Any other comments on that? this match before we get into uh, what happens First after? of all, shout out to the Muscle Buster. Dangerous move, apparently. At least that's what WWE thought. I mean, who, who was it that got hurt off of it? I can't remember. It retired. TJ uh, Wilson? Is that his name? Oh, that's right. I forgot. That's right. Tyson um, Kidd. Tyson Kidd. Uh, wrestling name. Exactly. Yeah, I forgot that that's what happened to him. But anyway, um, but, you know, I mean, at the same time, you know, it's – you know that could have happened to anybody, as 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 anybody that's a wrestler would, would probably say. You know, um, yeah. Anyway, um, but I yeah no, just like I'm just I'm. It's great setup for next week. I like that we're we're not just. It, it feels fitting that Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal are starting things off um, as the first real feuds for each other in AEW. It just makes sense, you know, especially given their history, you know. Um, and I didn't realize Jay Lethal was trained by Samoa Joe. I didn't know that. Like I didn't either, and that adds such a nice little touch to this man. That's a, that's a crazy detail. That I mean, it makes sense, especially if you consider their history. But it's like it, it's wild to think that. And there's there's this history there. I'm really interested to see where they go with that. Um, I would not be shocked if Samoa Joe was one of the next people to join the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, ooh, okay, that that I could see that being the fifth member. Their first two members are two mm-hmm. kind of younger guys, and then the last Absolutely. one is a is a Joe, is a Cesaro, is a you name it. Oh, and Cesaro. So Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal, they're on the Tron, man. They're challenging him, and shout out Sanjay Dutt. I know. I if Sanjay Dutt is now all elite. I love it. You know what I mean? Like, and this was a fun little spot for him. And I'm cool if he's uh, Lethal's manager. Which there, there's another manager on Rampage, and I cannot wait to talk about because we haven't even talked about it yet. Absolutely. Um, back from the break, we got Danielson, Mox, and Regal. They're backstage. And Regal says he's, quote, off his nut with excitement because this Friday his boys are in matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moxley's the hardest man to impress. <laughs> and he says on Friday we'll hear the sounds of bone crackling like thunder and a ring full of blood. How is man, John Moxley not, not the most if only he man knew. alive? Yeah, he predicted that shit, man. Like. He did, dude. And. <sighs> Fuck's sake. Oh, it was so good. 
Sean Spears with MJF versus Sean Dean. This is kind of continuing the uh, MJF Wardlow feud. And the match is kind of going. Spears kicking his ass. Wardlow is beating the shit out of security. I wish this was the first time we saw Wardlow because this was fucking great. This felt yeah. super intimidating. I wish we didn't see him last week. Yeah. And uh, I hate that I was right that we're going to see this like every week too until like his back. It's like, it's fucking, it's like, why even send him away then? Like, why not just yeah. like, ban him from ringside or something? And I don't know. MJF was hilarious on commentary. Oh, yeah. And Sean Dean. Rolls up Spears and gets the win, Garrett. Sean Dean beats the pinnacle, confirmed. The Sean Dean arc has begun. Um, Carly Bravo and him for tag champion. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, <laughs> dude, bring him in, bro. Let's let's get it rolling. Uh, Carly, the, 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 what are the, what is their team called? I can't even remember. But um, Some, yeah, forget something something military reference. But anyway, um, so. We, we then head backstage where we see Ring of Honor Pure Champion Wheeler Yuta, and he's with the best friends again. And this is kind of just, I think, the... Uh... I remember, like, I was watching this. So, guys, sometimes what will happen is, like, we won't watch stuff together. We usually don't, actually. Um, but I just so happened to be talking to you and one of our other friends when you had just finished watching Dynamite together. So I threw it on and just started, like, telling you random things as they popped up. I mean, this is one of those things that just my brain immediately just was like, "What? What? This doesn't make sense." They like, why are they back together? They kicked him out last week. Why? Why is he but, talking to them in this segment? I guess it makes sense continuity yes. wise. So, but it just, oh man, it felt Chuck, it felt jarring. Chuck wants, you know, he says he wants you to, to be the best wrestler, and he wants him to be with them. And Trent says he doesn't like him, and he's a scumbag. And then Trent asks you if you remember when Danielson beat him, and he's going to show him to take notes because what he's going to do to him. I think this is setting up really his first match in the Black Bull Combat Club will be against Trent. And it's going to be fun. It's crazy because they were setting up this on BTE like yep. four months ago or something. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely insane. Like when Trent was first coming back, they started planting the seeds for this on BTE. And I was like, you know, sometimes on BTE, something never goes anywhere, at least on TV, you know? But sometimes it does, and you got to pay attention to that stuff, guys. Like, you just never know. Like, Sammy Guevara is now with Tay Conti doing the cue cards. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got nothing to note from that shit. I didn't pay attention back, to them. Back, I literally back, skipped. I skipped. Back from the break, TBS champion, uh, Jake Cargo makes her way to the entrance along with Mark Sterling. And they meet Tony Schiavone. Cut the shit. Somebody! And Jade said she's formally there to introduce her baddie section. Uh, thank you, Jade. Yes. Jade says a bad uh, – she goes into what a baddie is. Mark says it was difficult finding good-looking people in Boston. <laughs> uh, and the person not allowed in the baddie section is Marina Shafir, which I think – this is pretty much all just shed, setting up that uh, Marina Shafir will be the one challenging for the TBS title next week because every title is on the line. Pretty sweet. Um, Yeah, I mean, other than that, we then head to – MJF, he's backstage, calls Wardlow a scumbag, and challenges Sean Dean to a match. And we then we head back to the ring for our next match, which we had the Butcher and the Blade versus the Hardys in a table match. So this was AEW table rules. Jeff was eliminated way too fucking early. Uh, Jeff hit a big spot at the end that was pretty cool. I mean, this match was pretty sloppy for the most part. It accomplished its job after the match. But uh, Jeff ended up getting his uh, swanton bomb 
uh, through the blade. It big, you know, he got the big spot that's going to go on all the highlight reels yep. when they're hyping him up for. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be the Hardys and Private Party at Double or Nothing still. Yeah, I would think unless the not nah, yeah I can't think I of what else they would do. Yeah, there's no, there's they haven't built anything else. So I'm just assuming that's still going to be it. Unless they start them on something now, like Jeff starts with Darby or Matt starts with yeah. something like that. I mean, like whoever does with whatever. Um, everyone else seems kind of booked up on other stuff right now, so we'll see. Um, but you know, I mean, yeah, the Je- Jeff losing his balance is just like it sucks. Like I, I hope. I hope he's okay. Hope he didn't, you know, exactly. too hard of a bump on that one. He always got so many of those when he's not expecting them bumps in his career. That was know, pretty like, cool. He uh, he had a little video on uh, Twitter with his brother, and they went to eat sushi after. And Jeff was still in his uh, fucking paint. It's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> so this is setting up after the match with Andrade, Jose, and Private Party with the bunny coming down there, which then Sting comes out there. So it's just kind of setting that up. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, Andrade using the bunny as his uh, protector. <laughs> exactly exactly hey who wants to mess with the bunny dude i wouldn't hey true <laughs> she might beat me up bro and we then go backstage where christian cage is irritated and he walks out on jungle boy and luchasaurus hmm. i wonder mm-hmm. if there's going to be more to that we'll see i think I, the way i took it no this is just the way i took it he was kind of like he was sick of of them like just leaning on them for promos and he just said you know what figure it out figure it out and that's a good way to look at it. I'm down if that's the way. So, Garrett, they've been chasing him for four weeks in a row. So, they say the rankings don't matter. No, just they don't exactly say that. But they challenge they Kyle O'Reilly said that, and Bobby Fish to a championship next week. They were like, hey, you're only ta- ranked three in the in the rankings, but... <laughs> uh, it's like, Tony, this is what happens when you don't use ma- members of your roster on Dark. I'm sorry to break it to you. Tony, cut the shit. And it's, uh, yeah, this... Uh, this has been awful. I, I'm straight up. I, I, our babyface champions have been chasing the heels to the ring every week, and it's it's awful. This title reign has gone sour in my mouth. I, I've been commenting on it every week, and I hope they lose them. I would have thrown it to the acclaimed on a random rampage, but maybe this is just better. Maybe just throw it on Red Dragon. Yeah, I mean, maybe, potentially, yeah. And then you could set up Red Dragon versus Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you want to do with that. Uh, Hikaru Shida versus Julia Hart for an Owen Hart Cup qualifying match. Uh, Julia shushes off Pillman and Griff. This match is, I mean, there's a long commercial break through it. Hikaru Shida's just kind of in control. It feels like the entire time. She's doing her best to make it look good. She hits a couple pretty cool spots. Uh, The running bulldog. And then she, yeah, she is good. Julia Hart just, I don't know, man. Just doesn't, she, she's a little raw on the ring still. And you, you know, know what hey, it is? And I don't know. She just doesn't move the needle for me, man. And I hate to have to use that phrasing, but it's the case, you know, like, yeah. And it feels like they're trying to do Alexa Bliss's character with her now. And I believe she's even hitting Alexa Bliss's finisher. So, huh. And the Falcon arrow was beautiful. After the match, Serena rushes down with a steel chair in hand. And, yeah, I mean, I believe they're setting up Serena maybe next week. I think we're going to get this match within the tournament, right? Yeah, I I, I would – well, maybe. Yeah, that would be actually yeah. – if we do, though, I kind of want them to be in separate brackets. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see how that works. I, I If it looks like the way it's going right now, which after the – we talk about the Rampage match, we'll give a rundown of what the tournament is so far. But the way it looks right now, um, they're going to be in separate brackets. So – 
Yeah, I mean, okay, if if, it, if they can be the finals, great. It could be the final, yeah. finals, and you can even like I feel like that's a finals match. You could change the stipulation on because of the and you could have some fun with it. And you'd be like, well, we initially just planned this to be a normal match to with the Owen, but given the history of the feud between these two, we wanted to add a little bit of you know what I mean, like something like that. They could do that. A I little like bit maybe some, some match. Some people would be like, ah, that's disrespectful to the tournament. I'd be like, fuck you, dude. It's wrestling. <laughs> I think this this tournament I'm I'm loving it, man. I, I love having matches that have meaning. And exactly. the tournament gives exactly. us that. We cut backstage um, where we see Swerve. Swerve's talking about his time at the Grammys. I'm glad they touched that. Dude. Swerve just hanging out at the Grammys? I Yep, for his work on the uh, Donda album. So pretty cool. And we then cut to the interviews over and Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks jump him. And this is a fucking great backstage fight. This is this is a great backstage fight. Garrett, did I miss the backstage fight earlier? Is that on Rampage? Um, I don't have it in my notes. There was a Jericho Appreciation Society backstage fight. Yep, yep, yep. Eddie and Proud and Powerful jumped him. So that also happened. I don't have it in the notes here, but that was a great backstage fight earlier in the night. And then we get to this one. And oh my god, man! This he put him through a wall, and setting up a tag match for next week. Cool. Because yeah, I want to say Eddie and them beat him up, and then they yeah they're beating them up backstage, and the three of them come out to the ring yeah. and cut like a little promo. I want to say yeah, and I guess I just didn't have that in the notes here, but that was a pretty because yeah, cool they chased them off in a vehicle, and then they go out. To yeah, the ring, I think. Yep. Yeah, it might have been so, those two segments might have been separated, but I have them as one thing in my notes, so I don't know. But they called them out for a match of some yeah, kind, which so. we'll get next week, which is pretty sweet. And then we had our main event, so yeah, uh, Dynamite flew by to me, dude. <laughs> this was just stacked show. This is stacked. The matches were good. I, I feel like every match had meaning in one way or another, and we're gonna get that now with these qualifying matches. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just absolutely, you know, in a thumbs up, thumbs down world for me, it's a massive thumbs up. I mean, like, I I agree. I agree. Thumbs up here, too. You can't, you can't ask for more for an episode of Dynamite, you know. Um, well, you can, but, you know, then you're just being an asshole. Anyway, um, <laughs> when you bookend it like that, plus you got stuff in between, I'll take it all day. And speaking of bookending it, we go to Rampage now. Brian, Brian Danielson defeats Trent Brett in the opening match. This was just, this was fun, dude. Trent Beretta, welcome back, dude. I mean, ever since this guy's come back, he's been he's been on fire, having good matches left and right. So, like, within three minutes of this match starting, we had two attempted, like, topes, which were both countered, which I thought was incredible. Um, I like, like I... I gotta say, this is I'm again. I'm just gonna read verbatim what I put in my notes for this because I just wrote something really cool. I think I love Danielson's style since he's come to AEW, and it titanically clashed with the hard hitting New Japan style that Trent brings. And I just thought that that was a really unique combination because Danielson doesn't wrestle in New Japan, so you can tell me that he wrestles a Japanese style of it. He he doesn't. He wrestle he wrestles an American style of Japanese inspired maybe, but you can't say that it's really, because if you put him against a lot of the new Japan hard hitting people, I'll give you a perfect example. When he fought Minoru Suzuki, Suzuki felt fresh against him because he didn't wrestle like everybody else in America wrestles, but he could also match the hard hitting style of what Danielson was doing. Cause that's just what he does over in new Japan. You know, 
Um, so I felt like this was a very unique mix of styles that on paper, it sounds great, but it's not always, you know, we've talked about this. It doesn't always transfer, even when it sounds amazing no. on paper. This is one of those examples where it sounds great on paper. It looks great in the ring. And once you actually realize what you have in the mix of the styles, it, it should be on like multiple times this year, if not multiple times over the next couple of years, because it's just that crazy of a match. You could do so much variation on this. I mean, I think we saw every variation of suplex in this match. It was crazy, you know, like it was. And uh, after Danielson hit the gotch style pile driver, he kicks in his head, and then we get the inverted label lock. And dude, just such a fun finish, such a good match. I mean, you you put it best. It was just such a good match, and I believe it kind of just enhances more on what we're feeling of Beretta's return. And why I think I'm telling you, there is a singles run in Trent Beretta right now, and he yeah. wants it, and he's trying to will it into existence. And I don't blame him because it it looks like it'll be incredible. AWOG, dude. We have Lexi right. and Air backstage uh, trying to interview Hook, who's just eating chips, and he goes to throw them out, and Dan Housen's in the trash can. He eats the chips, yeah, 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 and just setting up uh, Dan Housen and Hook, or I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't know what yeah, they're doing. But they're setting up Dan Housen and Hook at the pay per view, and it makes me want to just that could okay if that is the plan. I'm cool with Hook on pay per view. I'll say that. I, I still think Hook's in this tournament. I I I gotta think. If Hook's on pay-per-view, it's because he's in this tournament in the final. I hope Tony Khan is wise enough to not put himself in the same issue that he put himself with Jade with no. that tournament. Like, I'm sorry, we got to stop booking undefeated people in tournaments. It's it's a bad it's a bad look. Like, well, I think what happens is there's just so many new people, so they haven't lost I'm a, before. I'm gonna tell you why it's a bad look, man. Because if they don't win, then you've just ruined their push. I mean, you can't so you can, well, it's not, it's not going to ruin it. Yeah, but it's like, why are you building them up undefeated if you're just going to put them in a tournament to lose? Okay, so now they have to win the tournament. I well, can if there's tournament. anybody else that stands out yeah. in that tournament now, you got a problem. And that always happens. So it's like, because that's what a tournament basically is, is a proving ground, you know? So it's like. Yeah, just give us an idea of what's going on here. And yeah, so, so I, I would rather see Hook just have a match with him one off at the pay-per-view as much as I don't want to see that match at the pay-per-view I'd rather them one off it at the pay-per-view and then they can move on and hopefully hook doesn't get diminished by being associated with Dan Housen. and that's not a, a knock on Dan Housen. I just think hooks a, too serious of a character to be putting with the silly comedy guy you know like yeah I think as of right now it's clearly to get them both on TV right so yeah I hope so anyway I hope it's we'll not see. like some kind of weird pseudo feud that they keep building like they did with qt like yeah so scorpio sky's out in the ring he's quickly interrupted by sammy there's a lot of talk about here how ethan page Get doesn't want his daughter my screen please what have they done with this man this is so fucking bad this is starting i feel like sammy's gonna be getting go away he fast and he's the baby face in this going to be getting well we haven't really we haven't felt it from the live crowd yet I think we might start feeling he it next week. He was getting booed out of the building on Rampage. What are you talking about? It, I guess. It just didn't really feel like it. Like, I don't know. I feel like they're still a little mixed right now for no reason. Where I think this is, this is going to turn. That's because the AEW crowd are animals and you know it. It's going to turn. It's going to turn fast. And yeah, this is awful. Uh, Scorpio's title reign is being shit on by this. He should be wrestling matches, not this shit. 
<sighs> nah, you know what it is? It's because the crowd actually wants to be the ones to say that they banged somebody in a championship title. There you go. And they can't. They, so to say that means they're they're fucking. <laughs> And then we got Jericho Sports Entertainers of the Week is QT Marshall. Speaking All of right. QT Marshall, Swerve Strickland defeats him. It's Should just, we really be doing the 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 wrestler, the Sports Entertainer of the Week if uh, if Jericho is not on commentary? Question mark. Uh, yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. They're doing. I don't know, buddy. Hey. And this was a quicker match, but this was fun, man. This these guys had some good chemistry. Strickland's fucking finisher is so good, dude. I mean, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just great. He's a genetic freak, is something I wrote in my notes. Yeah. It's unreal. He flips like Mysterio, but he's the size of a light heavyweight. That's what makes him such a star. And Ricky ain't playing around. No, Ricky was great on commentary, and then after the match, calling out the tag match for next week on Dynamite. We Why isn't he cutting promos every week, man? He's so good on the mic. Like He really is. How do they underuse Ricky Starks' ability to speak? I don't get it. Like... Yeah, and hey, man, it's all setting up uh, hopefully a great match next week. I think this could be one of our bookends next week, and it could be great. I hope so. It'd be incredible. So, yeah, Squash is setting up something bigger. A quick Marina Shafir promo, and then that takes us into our Owen Hart Foundation tournament qualifying match, which we had Red Velvet defeating Willow Nightingale. To me, Garrett, the star of this match was Willow again. Yes. I didn't expect them to give Willow as much in this match. The way they normally treat Willow on AEW is not, like, a star, you know, generally. Because she's not Um, signed, right? So I'm like, what are they going to do with her? And I I knew she wouldn't win because she's not signed. And that, that, unfortunately, that was the the part that hurt. Yeah. That being said, her charisma shined. The crowd was into her. Red Velvet actually had some pretty heavy boos after that finish. It was not the best finish. Uh, it, It was a little sloppy, but it's okay. Uh, the match itself was good, but yeah, man, uh, like you said, is Red Velvet the <laughs> – she wasn't intended on being a heel, but now it feels like she is. I don't even know. Yeah, it, <laughs> doesn't it kind of feel like that's why they yanked that episode – or yanked that for the dark this week? Like they were like, well, we don't really want to turn her heel, but we also don't want to turn – we don't want to have like Willow take a loss like that and then like – you know, because they knew how the crowd was going to react after seeing Willow on Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, I don't know. Yeah, they, it, it created something. They did everything though. Like they hit all of their offense in this match. It was incredible. Like I didn't expect. I saw stuff from Willow I hadn't seen before. You know, like um, which isn't to say that I hadn't I expected to see anything. Like I'm saying, like I just didn't expect them to do that with, uh, uh, like you said, an unsigned talent. You know, usually. They only do that if they're about to sign somebody a lot of times, you know, um, but I, I don't think that's probably the case here. Unfortunately, um, if anything, I think it's more likely that she gets signed to another Ring of Honor deal, you know, um, but I don't know. We'll have to see where that goes. Yeah, we're um, going to see where it plays out. And so let's give a quick rundown of the Owen Hart Cup tourney right now for the women's because we're about okay. halfway through the qualifying matches. So we had the Bunny defeat, uh, getting defeated by Tony Storm. We had Jamie mm-hmm. Hader defeat Sky Blue. We had Akaru Shida defeat Julia Hart, and we had Red Velvet defeat Willow Nightingale. So, from what we're to see, that was the first bracket, which means our quarterfinals then would be Tony Storm facing Jamie Hayter and Hikaru Shida facing Red Velvet. Whew. Count me in. Uh, and honestly, you could do two things there. You could have Tony Storm win this side and have her, you know, have her pay-per-view debut at Double or Nothing. 
Yep. Or you can do the Hikaru Shida thing and have her and Serena D be the final, which I kind of hope they do right now. Yeah, it'd be kind of crazy. It's so crazy. This is going to be such a long build, too, since we're getting to... From March 30th brackets. to May 29th. Whew, it's going to be fun. I love it, man. I, I really love it. And so, yeah, during the match, Excalibur's running down the matches, and that's when we finally get the announcement. Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki for the ROH TV title on Dynamite Wednesday. Oh, my fucking God. I mean... They're going to beat the living shit out. This is going to be so... The crowd is going to be so loud as soon as the bell rings. I, I can't wait. Samoa Joe might actually get murdered in the ring. I think, and Minoru Suzuki might actually get murdered in the yeah, ring. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's gonna be a bloodbath. Like it's oh, there might actually be blood. Like I, th- this is gonna be. If you thought like Danielson versus Suzuki was hard hitting, yeah. So I fully expect this to be just some fun. Which then we cut to Lexi Nair again. She's interviewing Tony Nese, but this time. He was interrupted by Smart Mark St- Sterling, who offered Nice representation. I love this. I love the idea of Sterling doing the talking for Nice. Plus, that means we're going to see Tony Nice probably on TV more. Like, and he this this should get him in the tournament, correct? At, I, at a I bare hope, minimum, this should I get him a qualifying so. match, and hopefully, he gets in the tournament. I mean, there's precedent for that, right? That's how Jade won her championship was via a tournament. So it, maybe he's got pull with stuff with like tournament. I don't know. Like, this yeah, is so, there's something you could do there. Like, you could do I, something here, and and yeah, man, give me more Tony Nice, dude. Please. I mean, it's like he knows. He knows how. You know how we know he knows how good. Wow, that was a hell of a sentence. How we know that Tony knows how good pronouns, pal. Uh, that um, <laughs> that Tony Nice is. Is that you saw how many matches he gave him initially when he first signed him, um, so you know he knows what he has. This yeah. is now now he's giving him something to do, which I'm glad because I like because Tony Nese is, is we've talked about he was like the king of 205 Live for like a couple of years there, like um, in terms of like you could just put him against literally anybody on the roster and it was going to be incredible, like. Um, and it's still the case, so I, I think this is great for him, and uh, I actually think it's actually going to be good for Mark Sterling long-term as well. Yep, he should have um, clients in, in both divisions. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down world. This is a giant thumbs up for me, because you know, yeah. the main event was this, good. This was one of the best episodes of Rampage in months. Like, it it just flowed so nicely. Like, it did, all the it, matches felt nice. It was a four match rampage. And we talk about four match rampages kind of usually being a little bit off, you know, like this didn't feel and like the only match that doesn't have stakes is as quick and as solid as swerve versus QT. I'm fucking down every day of the week. Yeah. Was that, was that match even like, was it announced? Like I, 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 I believe they announced it, it Wednesday. They've been getting a lot better. It didn't at stick in my everything. head though. So that tells you like, I wasn't like that, like excited for it, but it's like at the same time, like it still felt like it mattered. Like it wasn't just a random match, you know, it was like, Agreed. Oh, okay. Yeah, so absolutely. Let's, let's real quick preview next week. So every okay. title will be on the line. We know that mm-hmm. so far announced. We have three. We okay. have the AEW Tag Team Champions, Jurassic Express. They defend against Red Dragon. Okay. We have Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. 
That's going to be fun. ROH TV champion Minoru Suzuki defends against Samoa Joe. <sighs> Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. MJF that- versus Sean Dean. That's kind of our throwaway, right? Yeah, literally, that's going to be in the middle. That's going to be between. That's like your Wardlow versus Sia, or not Wardlow versus who? What do they? Who do they have Wardlow kill on that episode of? Uh, I think it was Beach Break. Maybe it was literally, it might have been like someone in the factory. It might have been Sean Dean actually he killed. <laughs> and then Battle of the Belts, we have Thunder Rosa versus Nyla Rose. I'm assuming at Battle of the Belts we'll get Scorpio versus uh, Sammy Guevara. And we're the only one not announced is Jade versus Marina Shafir. And Hangman is defending against Adam Cole. So are we going to get the ROH titles in on some of these? I don't know. Are we, I is, see my boy Starks get in there on And Rampage that's the other one I was well. going to say. Are we going to see Starks defending at Battle of the Belts, potentially against Swerve or Keith Lee? Yeah, I don't know. They could figure something out. I'd like to see it. Um, it'd, be, it'd be pretty sweet. And I think they can make it work. If If – I'm I'm just saying if if Ricky Starks eats the pin in that match, whoever pins him might get a shot. Is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I'd like it to be Swerve. I think agreed. I think it'd be fun right now. And that's not uh, excluding we're probably going to get qualifying matches in both we in both divisions next week. So absolutely awesome stuff, Garrett. Hell of a week. We got a hell of a week coming up. Yep. And yeah, so I to talk about next week already, which I am we too, man. See what it's going to be yet. So like, <laughs> if, that, if that doesn't tell you guys what this next week of wrestling is about to be, like, you know, Mania week can be kind of hit or miss. That's why we didn't like we built it up, but we didn't like build it, build it up. This is going to be like an actually crazy week of wrestling. This is going like, to be great. And we had the CM Punk tweet, who he's open to wrestling anyone, and maybe Jonathan yeah, Gresham mentioned that. <laughs> So and we got Jonathan Gresham responding, so we'll have to see if Tony Khan, you know, makes that official or anything like that. So I'm so fucking down. <laughs> I mean, like, but, it's, you just can't, like, you can't. If, if we actually, on top of everything that we're already getting on Wednesday, get Gresham versus Punk as well, I mean, I, I, call the police. I'm in. Exactly. Like, it's gonna be a wild week of wrestling. Everybody, just just strap in. That's all I'm gonna say. Strap in and make sure you check out the fucking pod next week, baby. Exactly. Barry Sammy.